Welcome to Palmdale United Methodist Church's podcast for Sunday, April 28th, 2019. May God use this as a blessing to you today. Let us pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it was about 16 years ago that I discovered the tradition, the ancient tradition, of Bright Sunday. One of my United Methodist Church colleagues in Honolulu uh, told me about it, and I've been hooked ever since. In fact, this past week I put a note on Facebook uh, saying, I'm so excited about Bright Sunday, and my friend Gary was the one, he's like, you're welcome. Well, he's the guy that got me connected. So the Eastern Orthodox Church traditionally uh, observes this the week after Easter, as Bright Sunday. Bright Sunday is a Sunday for laughter, and its theological origins lie in the fact that Easter is really the ultimate joke on evil. This Reverend Fun uh, cartoon explains it all, that evil thought that when Jesus was crucified, death had won, but three days later, surprise, God raised him from the dead and had the last laugh on the grave cam that you see there. So the Orthodox Church celebrates the God-given gift of laughter. Well, then there's also the harsh reality that the Sunday after Easter is usually one of the least attended Sunday services in the entire year. I guess everyone feel like they got their fill during Holy Week and Easter so they can take a week off, right? Well, maybe it it, it, uh, matches with spring break as well. That could be it in some churches. But so doing something like this is a little bit more on the fun side way of rewarding the faithful for coming. So thank you for being here this morning. All this is to say that what's about to transpire will not be like any normal sermon. Instead, I'm going to spend the entire time sharing the gift of humor. And as you saw with the children's time, you may find some of it funny, you may not. (laughs) But I've got a collection of stories, jokes, writings, video clips, things that I think are funny, all that relate to a spiritual theme, and hopefully one or two might make you chuckle. Along with the God-given, being one of the God-given emotions we've been blessed with, you may not know that laughter has therapeutic effects and benefits. According to the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, laughter reduces uh, serum cortical, which is a hormone that's released when we're stressed. So laughter helps take that away. Laughter increases immunoglobin A, which is an antibody that fights upper respiratory disease. So if you're coughing a lot, you need to laugh more. Uh, Laughter increases your tolerance to pain. Laughter also increases your heart rate, your pulse rate, and juggles the internal organs. And we all need a good internal juggling every now and then, don't we? ReverendFun.com was a website that ran for 20 years, from 1995 to 2015. And it's a collection of one-panel comics that were all related to the Bible, faith, and Christianity. And depending on who you are and how much you've read the Bible and what you think is funny, you'll either love Reverend Fun cartoons or you'll think they're just, eh. I personally love them. And here's a few that I've liked over the years. Healing services canceled, pastor out sick. I <laughs> uh, got a couple Adam and Eve cartoons. This one says, uh, uh, could you please pick up all your clothes? Yeah. You know, those fall fashions in Eden. Or uh, Adam and Eve tell their potential landlord, well, yes, we were evicted from our last place, but there's a good explanation for that. Or this one. Uh, It's too late now, Lot. Apparently, we should have started monitoring her sodium levels long, long ago. 
If you're not familiar with that story, Genesis tells us about Lot's wife being turned into a pillar of salt. And then the adult whale says to the baby whale, well, you see, there was a whale who didn't follow God's will, but repented after God prepared a human and made him swallow it. (laughs) The other side of the story, right? And finally, while standing waiting to get on Noah's ark, one dinosaur says to another, no way, man, you know I don't wait in long lines. And then the chicken was able to cross the road. Jimmy Kimmel has been hosting a late-night talk show on ABC for 16 years. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, 16 years. And one of the bits that he does from time uh, is called Lie Witness News. Anybody ever seen this? They go out, they take a video camera out on the street, and they try to catch people on the streets of Hollywood lying. Well, this particular Lie Witness News was aired on Ash Wednesday of this year. Now, Ash Wednesday is the beginning of the season of Lent, the six weeks of preparation for Easter. And the only thing you really need to know about this bit before it happens is that traditionally many Christians choose to give something up for Lent, right, during those six weeks, starting at Ash Wednesday and ending at Easter as a way of practicing self-denial and remembering Jesus' sacrifice. Let's watch. By the way, how many of you went to church today for Ash Wednesday? Do any of you have a little bit of ash on you? I didn't think so, no. Um, (laughs) Today is Ash Wednesday. It's the first day of Lent. And with all the terrible things going on right now, this year for Lent, I'm not giving up uh, anything. I'm just giving up, in general. (laughs) We made some Ash Wednesday mischief today. Went out in the rain, and we told people this afternoon that it was the last day of Lent. Asked them to share what they'd given up for the past 40 days. Of course, today's not the last day of Lent. It's the first day of Lent. But did that stop people from lying directly to Jesus' face? <laughs> well, let's find out in an Ash Wednesday edition of Lie Witness News. Over the past 40 days, everyone gave up something for Lent. What did you give up? Slushies. Like ices, yeah. Was it hard? Yeah, it's very hard. I love them. They're like an addiction for me. But today's the last day, so you get to drink them again. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Uh, 40 days ago... I decided to stop drinking soda. It worked and stuff, obviously, and uh, I don't know, it was was hard, and you just got to keep pushing through it, and I did, and a few times I wanted to crack when I saw other people around me drinking soda, but I figured I'd go healthier and I'd live a better life. So for the last 40 days, uh, I gave up donuts, which is probably one of the hardest things a human can do. And had my first one again this morning, and life-changing. So you really didn't drink any slushies for 40 days? Yeah, it was tough for me. It was really tough. You swear to God? I swear to God. (laughs) And uh, may lightning strike you down? Did my lightning strike me down. (laughs) So next year I'll pick something easier. Like lying? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're all going out. Hi, I'm Jimmy Kimmel. Click below to subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, or if you so, so uh, next year, I'll, I'll give up something else. And he said, yeah, like lying? And she goes, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> In uh, less than two weeks, Jody and I are leaving for 10 days to go to Texas. Um, our daughter, Emily, will be both graduating from college and getting married on back-to-back weekends. And there's a ton that goes into getting a wedding ready. And our family has two weddings this year, Emily in May and Ezra in November. So we're doubly blessed. One of my favorite wedding stories of all time comes from Robert Fulgram. In his book, It Was on Fire When I Lay Down on It, 
Uh, Robert Fulgham tells uh, the story, this true story. He used to be an ordained minister before he became a full-time author. And the central figure in this wedding was not the bride or the groom, uh, but it was the mother of the bride, whom he calls from thenceforth the M-O-T-B, mother of the bride. This woman was so full of joy about her daughter's wedding that she was bound and determined it was going to be the most perfect wedding ever. And since her money was paying for it, it was kind of hard to say no. The father of the bride began to pray for an elopement, but his prayers were not answered. The MOTB had seven months to work, and no detail was left to chance or human error. Fulcrum says he met with the bride and groom only three times, but the MOTB called him on a weekly basis and was in his office about as frequently as the cleaning lady was. Showers, dinners, teas were planned, gift ideas were registered across the entire eastern seaboard, an 18-piece brass and wind ensemble was engaged. Not only were the bridesmaids' outfits made to order, but the tuxedos for the groom and his men were bought, not rented. Nothing was left to chance. Or so she thought. The great day came, guests in formal attire packed the church, enough candles were lit to bring daylight back into the evening, the choir loft, the orchestra gushed with amazing music, and the mighty MOTB coasted down the aisle with the grandeur of an opera diva at a premiere performance. Never did the mother of the bride take her seat with more satisfaction. She had done it. She glowed, she beamed, she smiled, and she sighed. The music softened as nine chiffon-draped bridesmaids elegantly made their way down the aisle while the befrocked groom and his men took their positions accordingly. Then the wedding march music thundered from the orchestra with four enthusiastic mini princesses throwing flower petals down the aisle and two dwarfish ring bearers, one for each ring, came right behind. The congregation arose and they turned in anticipation. Here comes the bride, started playing. Now, she had been dressed for hours, if not days, and there was absolutely no adrenaline left in her body. Left alone with her father in the reception hall of the church while the march of the maidens went on and on and on, she had walked along the tables laden with gourmet goodies and absentmindedly sampled just, just a few of the items, right? First, those little pink, yellow, and green mints that are so uh, addictive. And, and then she picked through the, the silver bowls of mixed nuts and ate out all the pecans. And, and then a, a cheese ball or two, some black olives, a handful of uh, glazed almonds, a, a little sausage with a frilly toothpick stuck in it, a, a couple of shrimps uh, wrapped in bacon, and, and a cracker piled with liver pate. And then to wash it all down, a glass of sh- pink champagne. Her father had given it to her, you know, to calm her nerves. What you noticed, Fulgram said, as the bride stood in the doorway, was not her dress, but her face, which was even whiter than her dress. Fulgram described her as a living grenade with the pin pulled out coming down the aisle. And yes, the bride indeed throw up uh, just as she walked by her mother. And this wasn't any kind of tiny erp, you know, in a handkerchief. No, she puked. He said, there's no other way of describing what happened. She hosed the entire front of the chancel, hit two bridesmaids, the groom, the ring bear, even Fulgram himself. They are quite sure of the details because they have it on video. Three video cameras worth. The MOTV thought of everything. 
having disgorged her hors d'oeuvres, champagne, and the last of her dignity. The bride just went limp in her father's arms while the groom sat on the floor where he'd been standing, too stunned to function. Groomsmen rushed around heroically. Many princesses and flower girls shrieked. Bridesmaids sobbed. People with weak stomachs headed for the exit. All while the orchestra, unaware, just played on the music that they were supposed to. The smell of fresh wretch just drifted across the church. It mixed with the smell of candles, and the mother of the bride fainted. She just slumped over in ragdoll disarray. Fulgham says as he looked around at the site, there were only two people smiling. One was the mother of the groom. (laughs) The other was the father of the bride. Comedian John Crist is one of my favorite funny men, and this year I have three of his short videos that he's created in the past year to share with you on Bright Sunday. To start with, he tackles the difficult topic of praying before meals, and it's the official guide to which foods you actually have to pray for and which foods technically you don't really have to pray for. Let's watch. Today we're talking about pre-meal prayer. Very confusing subject. A lot of people don't know when to pray, what to pray for, how to pray, who prays. Hey, do you want me to, should I pray? You want to, should we pray? I don't know if, all very confusing. We're going to cover it all today. Let's get started. Chips and salsa. Sometimes they bring it to the table before you're even seated. There's no need to pray for that. Lots of people wonder about appetizers. Do you pray for them? Do you not pray for them? No prayer is necessary for an appetizer if You have entrees coming out later. Salad. That is the most confusing thing on the prayer continuum. If it's a side salad or an appetizer salad, no need for prayer there. Now, if it's a main course salad or you're bringing it out with the rest of everyone else's meal, that then is going to require some kind of prayer. (laughs) But I put that kind of in a separate category. For the most part, when you're thinking about salads, just remember this. If it requires dressing, it doesn't require a blessing. Do I pray for coffee? (laughs) No, are you a psychopath? No one wants to be next to the person at Starbucks that's praying over a latte, (laughs) you weirdo. Soup. Do you pray for soup? Do not pray for soup. It's only bowl-related soups. Anything smaller than that is always off the hook. I like to say if it comes in a cup, no need to lift up. Everyone knows if you order a hamburger, that's going to require prayer. But if you order sliders... That does not require prayer. It's a little glitch in the system a lot of people are not aware of. Potato skins, no prayer. Baked potato, prayer. Ask any Bible-believing Christian. They're going to have a different policy on fries. Some say never eat the fries. Some say eat as many as you want. Here's the policy on fries. Up to three fries is acceptable to eat prior to the prayer. That brings us to dessert. Always a very confusing situation. A lot of times people go out to a show, go to a movie. Hey, Should we grab some dessert afterward? Yeah, let me get the creme brulee. I love cheesecake. You don't need to pray for that because you've already prayed for your meal earlier in the night. Do you hold hands before you pray? That depends on your situation. If it's a personal family gathering, some close-knit Bible study of some sort, sure, a hold hand wouldn't be uncomfortable. Now, if you're on a Tinder date, that might throw off the mood a little bit. (laughs) Most of the confusion surrounding pre-meal prayer comes from when to actually pray. Let me just say, on behalf of waiters 
all over the world. Please pray when your waiter is not there. There's nothing worse than a waiter coming out with two full arms of fajitas and you're over there mid-prayer of Jabez. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Last but certainly not least, who at the table volunteers to lead the prayer? Lots of people say the man should lead the prayer. Why is that? I'm not sure. It's 2018. Maybe we should get that rule adjusted at some point <laughs> in the near future. A lot of people operate under the most spiritual person at the table. They're going to be the one that should pray because that prayer is going to be the most powerful and effective. So if you got, obviously, a pastor, a missionary, even a Christian blogger of some sort, <laughs> shoot, even a volunteer youth pastor, that prayer is going to be a little less effective, but it's still going to qualify. If you're just an average person sitting at the table with obviously more spiritual people around you, you're kind of off the hook because I feel like God would be like, hey, how come y'all didn't bless this meal? You'd be like, I don't know. Ask the pastor. He works for you. <laughs> A meme is an activity, concept, catchphrase, or piece of media that spreads, sometimes as mimicry or for humorous purposes, from person to person via the internet. It usually involves a photo and some words, uh, with one or both being from pop culture. And if you Google meme and a variety of topics, you'll be lost for days going through them. Here's a few of them that I found that somewhat relate to faith. Remember that, that Geico commercial with the camel? Guess what day it is? Remember that? Uh, hump day? Well, here's one. Hey, guess. Just guess what day it is. This is the Ash Wednesday edition. For all you Star Wars fans, uh, here's a rare photo of Jesus fighting Satan in, the, in uh, the wilderness for 40 days. I mean, it looks like Jesus, but it's really Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, or staying with Star Wars, in this lightsaber photo battle, you've got Kylo Ren and Jesus with his cross-shaped lightsaber. The person who's blogging writes, may the force be with you, and another person responds, and also with you. <laughs> in this photo of Jesus walking on the water, you see a boat filled with disciples. The disciples say, uh, pardon Jesus, you're in the way. To which Jesus says, uh, excuse you, I am the way. <laughs> And the person underneath goes, like, gets me every time. And then here's a picture of a nativity scene. Now, baby Jesus is placed on a bale of hay. He's not in the manger. Obviously, his body was molded to fit in a manger. And the meme caption reads, baby Jesus is going to have some wicked abs by the end of the season. <laughs> like, who knew baby Jesus could plank? It's amazing. And finally, this person posted his favorite Bible verse, lunch 1135. <laughs> A pastor friend of mine, Dan Chun, wrote his first book a few years ago called How to Pick a Spouse. And when it came out, I was really happy for it. In fact, I helped edit it. So if you ever buy that book, look in the front in the thank yous and you'll see my name. But I recently found some other pearls of wisdom about dating and marriage that I thought I would share. This is wisdom from children. How do you decide who to marry? Uh, Alan, age 10, you got to find somebody who likes the same stuff. Like, if you like sports, she should like it that you like sports, and she should keep the chips and dip coming. <laughs> or Kristen, age 10, no person really decides before they grow up who they're going to marry. God decides it all the way before. And you get to find out later who you're stuck with. <laughs> 
What is the right age to get married? Camille, age 10, says 23 is the best age because you know that person forever by then. <laughs> or Freddie, age 6, no age is a good age to get married at. You got to be a fool to get married. <laughs> you have to wonder about Freddie's home life, don't you, with that one? How can a stranger tell if two people are married? Uh, Derek, age eight, says, you might have to guess based on whether they seem to be yelling at the same kids. <laughs> yeah. What do your mom and dad have in common? Lori, age eight, both don't want any more kids. What do most people do on a date? Lynette, age eight, says... Dates are for having fun, and people should use them to get to know each other. Even boys have something to say if you listen long enough. <laughs> or Martin says, age 10, on the first date, they just tell each other lies, and that usually gets them interested enough to go on a second date. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, what would you do on a first date? What would you do on a first date that was turning sour? Craig says age 90. No, he's only age 9. I'd run home and play dead. The next day, I would call the newspapers and make sure they wrote about me in all the dead columns. <laughs> Tuck that away, you single people out there. When is it okay to kiss someone? Pam, age 7, says, when they're rich. <laughs> Kurt, age seven, says, the law says you have to be 18, so I wouldn't want to mess with that. <laughs> Howard, age eight, says, the rule goes like this. If you kiss someone, then you should marry them and have kids with them. It's just the right thing to do. <laughs> Is it better to be single or married? Anita, age nine, says, it's better for girls to be single, but not for boys. Boys need someone to clean up after them often so true, isn't it? How would you make a marriage work? Ricky, age 10, says, tell your wife that she looks pretty even if she looks like a truck. <laughs> yes. Virtual reality has become a commonplace in today's society. Uh, here's comedian John Christ once again with his solution for finding the perfect church. Let's watch. Tired of having to wake up, get dressed, and drive across town just to attend your favorite service? Introducing Virtual Reality Church. Start by choosing a church building that meets your needs. Tired of the stress of having to choose a Sunday morning outfit? Never make a fashion mistake again, because Virtual Reality Church will style you based on your denomination. Not a people person? Select the introvert experience to completely eliminate the welcome team, meet and greet time, connect cards, and that awkward hold hands with the person next to you thing we still do. Next, personalize your morning by choosing the worship experience that you want. Feeling a touch of white guilt? Add a minority worship leader. Custom options even let you tailor the skinniness of your worship leader's jeans. Finally, no more having to endure songs that you don't like. With Virtual Reality Church, you're in charge. For the sermon, choose the amount of conviction you'd like and we'll select a pastor for you. We'll even let you tailor your sermon topics so you'll never have to attend a Vision Sunday or a sermon series on giving. And never worry again about dozing off during the sermon. With Virtual Reality Church, you can sleep as long as you want. Kids being bad in nursery? 
Who cares? Worried about missing a football game? Enter your favorite team and we'll provide notifications when the game is starting. Never miss a kickoff again. Want to go for it for prayer? Well, if you selected a Pentecostal service, always stand in front of a mattress. Even connect your social media accounts and we'll post for you. Get credit for being super spiritual all from the comfort of your couch. Finally, an option for people asking the question, how can I make Sunday morning even more about me? Virtual Reality Church, the future of church attendance. <laughs> all right, here's a few more memes. Uh, me, loses all my money playing Monopoly. Me, don't freak out, it's just a game. What would Jesus do? Me, thinks what Jesus would do, overturning all the money changers in the temple. Uh, a woman lying in bed thinks to herself, I can't sleep, I might as well read some scriptures. Opens the Bible and reads, there is no rest for the wicked. <laughs> Closes the Bible. When someone asks you if you want to get high, but you've already got the most high, can I get an hallelujah? <laughs> or how about solving this Wheel of Fortune puzzle? We got the GL at the start, the Rhea at the end. Like to buy a vowel. Gloria. All right, here's the third and final John Chris video. This is what life might be like if biblical characters had iPhones. Let's watch. All right, I'm about to call Postmates. Does everyone want the fish dinner then? We'll just, I'll just call a bunch hey, of them. Jesus is on the way, so just get, maybe just get a couple. He'll take care of us. Okay, yeah, all right, all right. just two then? Two. All right, yeah, just two, we'll just do two fish, yeah. Yeah, maybe like five loaves of bread with it? Yeah, that's good, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Bro, I just got a Venmo request from Judas. Dude, Jesus just got a blue check mark? How did he get verified? He only has 12 followers. I have way more than that. <laughs> Dude, David is liking and commenting on every one of Bathsheba's spring break pics. What's he doing? I thought uh, he was supposed to be at war. I don't know, dude. Also, what? Yeah, what? Okay. <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> dude, I'm on Facebook Marketplace right now. Look at this. Joseph's brothers are selling him. Can you do that? Oh, Joe. He's just going on and on. He said he lost everything. Probably going to get a Kickstarter up soon. Oh. <laughs> Bro, I was talking to Mary and Joseph last week. They are trying to price line a hotel in Bethlehem. Couldn't find anything. They ended up having to like Airbnb some like rustic barn, dude. Brutal. If Noah Instagrams one more time about his DIY project... I'm done. It's too much. Like He's like, I'm getting these instructions from heaven. Oh, yeah. Doubt it. I ain't getting on that boat. <laughs> oh, look, another bachelorette in Sodom and Gomorrah. <sighs> Seen it. Sin City, we get it. Don't look behind you. You know what I'm saying? Because the... What? Okay, forget it. <laughs> Dude, are you friends with the prodigal son on Snapchat? Have you seen his stories? He just, like, left his dad's house. He's in, like, another city just losing it. Insane. Dude. Like, not safe for work. Uh-oh. <laughs> Okay, dude, have you heard from Paul in a while? Maybe he's in prison again? Again? <laughs> dude, you want a bite of this? Do I look like Adam to you? Okay. Bro, you follow the rich young ruler? Is that that SoundCloud rapper? No, it's a guy, oh. he's always posting about his house and his cars and stuff. He met Jesus last week, literally haven't heard from him. It's weird. Dude, Jesus came to town on a donkey. I dude. saw that. Could he not get an Uber? I mean, maybe he was surging. <laughs> Dude, are you in this group chat with Shadar, Kamishak, and Abendigo? Uh-uh. I use this fire emoji. They got all offended. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, Jonah tweeted he was going deep sea fishing three days ago. Have you heard from him? Maybe he doesn't have service. <laughs> <laughs> do you follow Saul? Yeah, what? He changed his username to Paul. What? <laughs> Bro, do you have locations on for the children of Israel? They're just like wandering around. Literally makes no sense. Have you seen the weather for today? No, what? 50% chance of quail. Weird. Wow. Ah, uh, Abram and Isaac posted a selfie that headed the mountains for a little father-son trip. Amazing. What could go wrong? Wait, what's that rope for? Oh, my goodness. Lot's daughter's pregnant. She's going to have a baby. I wonder <laughs> who the dad is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bro, you're following the woman at the well? That's not like that. Check your heart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Finally, I leave with one last story. A Catholic priest, a Baptist preacher, and a rabbi uh, all served as chaplains to students at Northern Michigan University at Marquette in the Upper Peninsula. They would get together two or three times a week for coffee and talk theology. Well, one day, someone made a comment about how, you know, when you preach to people, it's not really all that hard. Uh, The real challenge would be to preach to, say, a bear. So one thing led to another. They decided to do an experiment. They would all go out into the woods. They would find the bear, preach to it, and attempt to convert it to their own faith tradition. And then seven days later, they'd get back and report on how things went. Well, Father Flannery, who had his arm in a sling, was on crutches and had various bandages on his body and limbs, went first. Well, he said, I went into the woods to find a bear. When I found him, I began to read to him from the catechism. Well, that bear wanted nothing to do with me and began to slap me around, so I quickly grabbed my holy water. I sprinkled him, and holy Mary, mother of God, he became as gentle as a lamb. The bishop is coming out next week to give him first communion and confirmation. Reverend Billy Bob spoke up next. He was in a wheelchair, had one arm and both legs in casts, and had an IV drip next to him. In his best fire and brimstone oratory, he exclaimed, Well, brothers, you know we Baptists don't sprinkle. I went out and found me a bear. And then I began to read to my bear from God's holy word. But the bear wanted nothing to do with me. So I took hold of him and we began to wrestle. We wrestled down one hill and up another and down another. And then we came to a creek and I dunked him and baptized his hairy soul. And just like you said, he became as gentle as a lamb. We spent the rest of the day praising Jesus. Hallelujah. The priest and the reverend both looked down at the rabbi who was lying in a hospital bed. His Body was in a cast with traction. He had IVs and monsters running in and out of him. He was in really bad shape. The rabbi looked up and said, looking back on it, circumcision may not have been the best way to start. Well, that is all of this edition of Bright Sunday, brothers and sisters. May you continue to find things that make you laugh. Ecclesiastes 3 reminds us for everything there is a season, a time and purpose under heaven, and we all need to laugh. Thanks be to God for the gift of humor. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Our closing song is a joyful song.